You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. With our constant reminder to back up your important data and check your spam filters frequently, during our 27th year on the air, welcome into tomorrow. This for the weekend of Friday, March 4th, 2022. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. And happy birthday yeah. weekend before anything else happens. What else do you expect to happen? <laughs> I don't know. Before oh. You, before, you look like you're ready to just cut me off, so I wanted to get that in there. Well, I'm just trying to keep the show moving. Uh, oh, okay. Well, but thank you for the happy birthday. I would sing to you, but you, know, you don't it's want It's actually that. Saturday the 5th. So if you're listening to us on Saturday, I accept your birthday wishes. If you're hearing the show on Sunday or any time after March 5th, thank you for the belated wishes. How's that? Works for me. Okay. And remember, I'm, I'm not old. I'm retro. Oh. <laughs> Retro, vintage, same thing. Oh, 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 that hurts me in my heart. Accurate, but hurts me in my heart. Anyway, we always try to be entertaining and informative, and we're always free, bringing you into tomorrow, covering the latest in consumer tech, tech news and commentary, and then a bunch of your calls standing by, Mimi in Atlanta, among many others. Lots of tech news and commentary to share with you. Apple has set a date for its next event, sending out invites to the media for this coming Tuesday, March 8th. Um, of course, Apple is expected to introduce uh, a new moderately priced iPhone SE with a bigger screen, upgraded iPads with faster chips, and possibly even upgraded Macs. So uh, stay tuned to the show next week because we'll have all things Apple. We'll, well at least tell you what they've announced. You know, you think with technology by now... They would have been able to grow apples without that goofy little sticker on it. Right. That was one of my stories See, this I, I, past week. I don't know that if I looked at your stories. Yeah, I know. Why do you never look at my stories on Instagram or, where well, you're not on Instagram, but on Facebook? Because people can see that you look at their stories. I don't need that kind of yeah. stalking in my life. So? Stalking. People don't need to know what I'm, what I'm up to. Since you were talking about Apple, supposedly the upcoming Apple car will make a self-driving feature that Apple has been teaming with a South Korean company to produce, according to the ELEC, one of Korea's outsourced semiconductor assembly and test companies, is the reported tech partner working with Apple's South Korean offices on the project, which is expected to be completed sometime next year. Huh. So that Apple car on again, off again is apparently on again, who knows. But, of course, just like Apple, they have to call it Apple something. Yeah. Well, at least they don't call it iCar. I was just going to say, thank <laughs> goodness they're not trying to call it iCar. Who knows? It hasn't come out yet. Yeah. They might still. True. But now we can't ignore the Ukraine situation. Uh, and at least from a tech angle as well, first of all, all of our uh, wishes and prayers with the Ukrainian people. Because I think, for the most part, the world is against what Putin's been doing with Ukraine. But the EU, of course, announced that it's banning the Russian state-backed channels RT, which formerly were known as Russia Today, and then they now said RT. Interesting how they dropped the Russia name a while ago. 
because here in America, there's RT America, which was Russia Today America. Hmm. Now it's just RT. Although the likes of DirecTV, Hulu, and others have dropped it as well. Good, Mm -hmm. I say. Especially because that moron Rick Sanchez is on it or was on it or who knows. I never watched it. I was on it a few times with our friend Holland talking tech, not talking anything promoting Russia or Putin. But anyway, uh, they're also dropping Sputnik, not the aircraft, uh, the spaceship. That would be bad. But in an unprecedented move against the Kremlin media machine, the European Commission president said we will ban the Kremlin's media machine in the EU, the state-owned Russia Today and Sputnik. And their subsidiaries will no longer be able to spread their lies to justify Putin's war. No word yet about how or if the similar RT America channel will be affected, except, as I mentioned, DirecTV and Hulu, which was pretty much their entire audience in the U.S. anyway. I don't know that they were even on anything else. Yeah, I mean, I had them for a while on Sling, which I don't think is still owned by, by Dish or anything. But it's, No, I don't think so. so. But I haven't heard anything about whether or not Sling is going to drop them or keep them, but yeah. we'll see. And along those lines, Facebook and YouTube are blocking Russian state media from running ads on their platform. So at least they're not making money off them if they've stopped the ads. And they can't monetize their posts, which, of course, doesn't really do anything except benefit the platforms because now they don't have to share that ad revenue. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) While Twitter is suspending all advertising in Ukraine and Russia as pressure mounts on tech platforms to respond to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Facebook says it has restricted Russian state media's ability to earn money on their anti-social media platform. Facebook's parent company, Meta, said that Russia would hit its services with restrictions after it refused authorities' order to stop using fact-checkers and content warning labels on its platforms. <laughs> okay. And I also saw that Netflix apparently is defying the Russian government because there was a new yes. law that went into effect where they were going to have to carry these Russian propaganda channels. And yeah. Netflix said, uh-uh, we're not doing that. And kudos to some American movie companies who have pulled movies from Russia, including The Batman. They just pulled that movie. And General Motors has has already announced that they will not export any vehicles to Russia. Shell backed out of Russia and BP. I mean, so there's some things. If nothing else, it's got to get Putin to go, if he hasn't by the time you hear this, okay, big mistake, never mind, come back home, all you Russian army. And there's been many of their military that refuse to bomb civilian towns and areas. I don't know if they're just, you know, aiming guns elsewhere and bombing empty fields and saying, oh, it just didn't calibrate properly. But all their equipment that's been abandoned, run out of gas. Did you happen to see a video on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube and everywhere where some Ukrainian farmer stole a russian tank and he's pulling it with his tractor yeah, and i saw i saw a meme oh of, a, of a you know of a, it was a you know a picture of a russian soldier you know supposedly calling putin to say um yeah so a farmer stole our you know equipment with a tractor you know? yeah <laughs> can you imagine anyway youtube also stopped running advertisements on channels from russian state-backed media and certain other accounts included in sanctions over moscow's invasion of ukraine the video giant says they're restricting access to state-funded rt Again, what used to be called Russia Today, and a number of other channels in Ukraine. It will also limit the ways its system recommends those videos to viewers. So, like, it's changing the way they recommend those videos? How about just don't do them? 
Mm-hmm. Don't recommend them. Never mind changing the way. So at least it's good that tech companies have also gotten involved and said, hey, we we got to do our part. And, of course, uh, no fly zones of any Russian aircraft even over the U.S. now. So good. Yeah. And while we're on the subject, electric vehicle charging stations along Russia's M11 motorway, which stretches from Moscow to St. Petersburg, are not working because a Ukrainian company that provided parts for the chargers hacked them using a back door in the charger's control systems. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Good job. So now the chargers show an error message reading in English, call service, no plugs available, before new screens show additional messages in Russian saying, glory to Ukraine, glory to the heroes, death to the enemy, and Putin is a D word that I can't say on the radio. <laughs> oh, gee. Well, hey, if you're going to hack the stuff, you might as well do it right, right? Yeah. So you might as well get your message across. I like how the first one, though, is very typical. Yeah. No plugs available. Try again later. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, darn. And then, <laughs> then it slams them. Interesting. You got to love tech when it's used properly. Yeah. Yeah. Creators of longer form content on TikTok may not have to break up their videos into parts anymore. Remember, we complained about that here on the show last week. Mm-hmm. You know, part two of four, and oh, forget it. I, I just keep scrolling. I, don't want, I don't, don't, don't want to have to go looking. Well, you know why that's not going to be the case anymore? Because TikTok has extended the maximum length of videos to 10 minutes. This is ridiculous. From I, you know, three I, minutes. I like the shorter because if I, if I went to a video and it said part one, I just scroll right by. Yeah. Now... You know, how long am I going to have to sit before I realize, oh, this is a video that's way too long to watch? Well, if you're watching it, it's because presumably you're interested. Yeah, but see, TikTok's supposed to be a short video platform. It's well, no longer a short video platform. They've done ruined that. TikTok last increased its maximum video time back in July when it upped video length from one minute to three minutes. Meantime, Facebook Reels is still 30 seconds because Zuckerberg just can't get with it. Well, not that I care either, but, you know, once in a while we'll do a little promo announcement about the show, who's on the show this week or something, and it fits fine on TikTok and Twitter and, and stories and whatnot, but then I put it on Reels and it gets cut off. That's because Zuck doesn't like me. I don't know no. why. Why would he not like me? Because you don't say nice things about him on the radio. Oh. So you don't think because it's my birthday he'll give me a present and stop shadow banning me all over the place? No. What? I, but it's my birthday. That's not good enough? No. Ah, darn. <laughs> By the way, from the Dexcom G6 Studios, make knowledge your superpower for managing diabetes. We welcome them back. Visit Dexcom, D-E-X-C-O-M dot com for more details. Just over three quarters of consumers in a camera IQ study have tried augmented reality. I find that hard to believe. Three quarters of consumers have tried augmented reality? No. But that's what they're claiming with more than 50% of those remaining eager to experiment. AR visualization would make 59% more inclined to buy a product and 78% would post brand experiences to social media. Of course, no one has any way of knowing if they would be positive posts or not. Mm-hmm. But come on, three quarters of consumers, you know, how does our audience feel about that? Is that something, have you tried augmented reality? Do you like it? Do you use it? Are you among the alleged three quarters of consumers that have tried it? That seems like an awful high amount to me. Do three quarters of consumers even have like mobile phones? 
<laughs> yes, there are more mobile phones than anything else. But it's an augmented reality thing, though. Are they actually doing it? Onward Mobility, the startup hoping to revive BlackBerry phones with a 5G keyboard-equipped Android device, is ending its work on the phone and shutting down as a company. Uh Uh-oh. The company wrote in a statement on its website, It is with great sadness that we announce that Onward Mobility will be shutting down, and we will no longer be proceeding with the development of an ultra-secure smartphone with a physical keyboard. Kind of a stupid name then, right? Onward Mobility shutting down? Yeah. Mm. Um, Despite saying that, quote, this is not the outcome we worked and hoped for, Onward Mobility's statement doesn't give any indication of exactly why it canceled the project. But Android Police previously reported that its license to use the BlackBerry branding had recently been canceled, and it couldn't have been easy trying to make it as a new smartphone manufacturer amidst an ongoing global chip shortage. Oh, well. (laughs) So so for all you BlackBerry fans that were holding out for that new BlackBerry, keep holding out. Yeah, sorry about that. Interesting report from our friends at PC Mag. A recent World of Warships survey of 2,000 adult U.S. gamers revealed a slew of life benefits gamers see thanks to gaming. Life benefits, such as feeling less lonely and finding love as a result of gaming. Okay. I find that also hard to believe. Respondents also credited gaming for helping them learn more about the world as well as setting life goals. Okay. From gaming. Now, what are you learning about the world and what possible life goals are you setting other than, I want a gun like that? Or so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But yeah. they surveyed 2,000 adult U.S. gamers. So you don't really learn many good things about life playing something like uh, Grand Theft Auto or anything. Not any good things about <laughs> yeah. life anyway, although maybe uh, setting a life goal to try to avoid prison. But, yeah. I, oh well, yeah. I, I believe their survey, but I find it odd. Android phones might finally gain a feature that Apple has had for years. Oh, big whoop. <laughs> Usually um, Apple steals from us anyway. Yeah, well, um, Apple, for the longest time, has had an option to adjust the brightness of the flashlight on iPhones. However, most Android devices just give an on-off option. So, you either need it or you don't. Sometimes you don't want it so bright. We've done it when we've gone out to dinner and, and we've tr- we have to turn our flashlights on to see the menu. I'm able to turn mine on dim so that it's not... You know, well, like the sun. It, it, you're you're on an iPhone, so of course it's dim. Yeah. Um, Android 13 could possibly change that. Google's upcoming OS includes two new APIs, namely Get Torch Strength Level and Turn On Torch with Strength Level. Uh, the first method brings up the brightness level of the LED flash, while the second one sets it from a minimum value of one to a maximum determined by the hardware. Previously, apps could only switch the LED flash on or off. I hate that they even call it torch. It's yeah. not a torch. It's a flashlight. Well, outside the U.S., that's what most people call flashlights or torch. I know. Just like elevators or lifts. Yeah. And escalators are moving stairs or I don't know. <laughs> and apparently they put little hats on the front of their cars, you know, bonnets. <laughs> God. Yeah, we could spend the whole three hours talking about those things. But instead, Mimi in Atlanta, Georgia, listens on AM 920, The Answer. Welcome into Tomorrow, Mimi. What are your thoughts on Elon Musk's statement about how many Starlink units have been sent to Ukraine? And were they sent to the government or to the people? 
Oh, good question, Mimi. Not many thoughts, actually, other than rapid deployment seems like a very good and obvious use case for satellite Internet, since it's designed to be used in areas where there is no real infrastructure. It was likely the real idea to monetize his infrastructure to begin with, since Musk largely lives off of government contracts. So this may have been a really convenient proof of concept to point out in an RFP or request for proposal, if you will, to the U.S. government in the future for him. Yeah, now, the equipment went out to the government. Uh, what was shown publicly was less than a truck full, which should be helpful to the government, but would likely uh, be an insanely small number of devices to serve the population. Yeah. Now, before the war, Ukraine had a population of more than 40 million. Supplying that population would be like supplying all of Texas and then feeling generous and supplying all of Georgia on top of that. There may never be enough Starlink devices to do something like that, since the connection they can provide is still very inferior to wired Internet and even wireless 5G. So this was a relatively small shipment that should help, of course, to keep the government connected, most likely not the general public. Yeah, but now an engineer based in Kiev tweeted that Starlink was working in Ukraine as of this past Monday evening with download speeds of 137 megabits per second. Well, that's respectable. Now, for satellite, that's pretty good. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> um, now, last week on the show, I talked about uh, the islands in Tonga and how they were cut off from the Internet after a volcano erupted. Elon Musk also sent terminals there free of charge to keep that island connected while the undersea cable was repaired. True. And and don't get us wrong. I mean, I, I think a lot very favorably about what Elon Musk does and is doing and in this case is trying to help. But you got to know if he's sending terminals, receivers, the whole bit, they're very likely to get destroyed or a lot of them yeah. if the shelling and bombing and whatnot continue. But at least if in the interim they can keep some people, whether it's mostly the government and some general public, to be able to send information out to the world and request more help and show us what's really going on there, then great. And I think that's very cool of him. So, Mimi, good question. I hope we sort of answered your question. But there really is no way of knowing for sure how many people are using are able to use Starlink and how that all is working. Because if they sort of broadcast, okay, here's what you need to do to sign on and get on Internet. Well, so are the the Russians getting on, too. Yeah, and I know people are you know probably saying, well, he's the richest man in the world. He can afford to do it, or he's just doing this to get more business later. But you know what? Let's, you know, either way, I think still he's being a good corporate citizen. I mean, you know, yeah, good point. You know, whether, whatever his end goal is, he's still providing this free of charge to get this you know government connected. Yep. So I ask our audience, how do you feel about that? And these kinds of things, but especially Elon Musk sending over satellites, I mean, just moving the moving them in orbit to cover Ukraine and sending receivers. Uh, again, corporate citizen, I think that's a good thing. Intotomorrow.com, do let us know. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in 
in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to InventHelp. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. Welcome back Into Tomorrow. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by our podcast partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Check them out if you're looking to start your own podcast. You can visit blubrry.com. Stay tuned. In just a few minutes, we'll be uh, chatting with, well, Dave will be chatting with Yariv Haddad. <laughs> He's the founder and CEO of a company called Deep Optics. They've got the first and only adaptive sunglasses that switch to reading glasses with a simple swipe. Yeah. You just do a little swipe along the arm of the sunglasses and all of a sudden they're reading glasses. And we show you how they work and what they do. So be sure and visit intotomorrow.com. Check out the video of all of our guests because we want to. We want you to see the guests and the products they're talking about when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. And by the way, when you participate, you win stuff. We got a whole plethora of cool things to share with you. So we invite you to stay tuned. We'll tell you all about it. Call in and win. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. This during our 27th year on the air, bringing you the latest in cool consumer tech. That includes, of course, products and services and gadgets and gizmos and apps and software and websites, all sorts of things available today and into tomorrow. Delighted that you tune in. Even more delighted when you participate. And then we send you prizes for joining us. Many of our guests and sponsors and friends of the program are frequently sending us things to share with you, our audience. And all you need to do is participate in order to win those goodies. Oh, and by the way, do visit us at your earliest convenience. If you don't already subscribe to our free once a week tech newsletter, you'll want to trust me on that. 
And all we ask for is your email address. And you put that in in a little red box that pops up when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. And it lists, of course, all of our guests coming up. It lists some of our caller questions and how we're going to address them so you might be able to get additional info. Of course, it has some tech news and some hmm thoughts to make you smile. Lots of fun stuff in the tech newsletter. Again, at intotomorrow.com. What if you no longer had to look for your reading glasses while you're outside? Our next guest has unveiled the first and only adaptive sunglasses that switch to reading glasses with a single swipe. I'm loving it already and could use a pair myself. The founder and CEO of Deep Optics is Yariv Haddad. Yariv, welcome into tomorrow. How are you, sir? Thank you very much, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. It's great to be here and uh, great to talk on this show. Well, glad to have you with us. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm joining from Tel Aviv. It's actually evening time here. I don't need my sunglasses now. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, terrific. Tel well, Aviv, Israel. Glad to have you from Tel Aviv and want to remind our radio audience that, of course, we have video of almost all of our interviews, including the one with Yariv. So you can come and see these actual glasses, the adaptive sunglasses that we're talking about. Tell me first a little bit about Deep Optics, uh, the company, and then let's get into the 32 North glasses. Um, right. So Deep Optics is um, basically a startup, an Israeli startup based in Tel Aviv, uh, founded by a group of scientists um, coming from electro-optics uh, background. Uh, ten years ago, we thought of this uh, concept of having glasses that can basically change their focal distance, change their prescription. Um, and we developed a new technology, a novel technology of uh, lenses that are based on liquid crystal. It's that material that you find in LCDs. Oh, LC yeah. stands for liquid crystal. And we developed this um, unique technology where glasses with this liquid crystal inside them can act as different glasses with different prescriptions depending on what you're looking at. Um, so this is Deep Optics. We're, uh, like I said, a startup in Tel Aviv, and 32 North is our first product sunglasses with these um, new and novel lenses uh, that act both as sunglasses that you can use outside, but also um, if you want to read outside, if you want to check your watch, check your phone, uh, you simply swipe on the temple and they convert into reading glasses without changing their transmission, still being sunglasses, but then ones that you can read with. If, uh, like me, you need reading glasses uh, when yes. you look at closer stuff. Oh, for sure. And and that's, you hit the nail on the head, because not only have I had to do that the last few years, but yes, as we get older, it happens. Uh, but now, especially even with my phone, it's like, whoa, okay, hold on. Uh, don't don't tell me I need my reading glasses to read this text. You know, I make the text as large as I can, and then it's too large. You know, it's it's absurd. Exactly. So to yeah. be able to just swipe on the side, uh, on the I guess on the arm of the sunglasses, uh, mm -hmm. switching to reading glasses immediately, Immediately is got to be very cool. Why 32 North? What does that mean? Um, so, as I mentioned before, we're from Tel Aviv. 32 North is the latitude of uh, Tel Aviv, and ah. it's a sunny place. It's a place where a lot of technology and innovation are being constantly done. And we we like the idea that this is both a place of, of fun, of outdoors, um, people hiking, biking, going to the beach. 
but also are inventing incredible stuff. And we thought that this could be a good name to symbolize both of these and still be a little bit of, you know, somewhat of a secret, not too explicit. So to make it a bit more sophisticated, kind of like the glasses are themselves. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this will be... Um, this message will come across as well to, uh, to our customers. Oh, that's terrific. And of course, we are based in Miami, Florida, so we can relate to the sunshine and <laughs> going to the beach and that sort of thing. Um, but I think, you know, for deep optics, to get involved in adaptive optics is obviously uh, a logical progression. Um, and what kind of caused you to even do this? Was it a, a, a matter of need or a lot of folks getting together and saying, what can we do to help people and this is an item or how did that happen? So, yeah, we, we actually, uh, our, our background, um, we, did a, we did a previous technology in the previous startup that we worked at uh, where we developed special technology for mobile phone cameras. Uh-huh. So we obviously have background in optics. It's called electro-optics in that field. But then uh, when we were through with that um, and we got a bit older than we were before, uh, we realized that this is, this is an emerging need. And in fact, um, uh, Two billion people in the world are in need of uh, reading glasses or progressives, and our eye basically loses its flexibility, loses its capability to focus. And instead of having a solution that is behaving like our eye, meaning that it can focus at the different distances like our eye used to, the current so- solutions are static. So you have your readers for the close distance, you have your uh, Rx, like prescription glasses for the far distance, or progressives that you need to look through different areas. And we said, we know how to do active optics. We now understand that there's a big need for that. Uh, why don't we combine the two and, and find a solution that is acting like, like our eyes and basically allow us to seamlessly experience this transition um, between the time where we were able to do it without the glasses and now. Um, without having to learn new reflexes, without having to look through different areas or to switch between different glasses. Well, that's terrific. I mean, kudos to you guys for being able to come up with this to begin with. I didn't realize there were two billion of us uh, suffering from presbyopia, <laughs> right? Because isn't that the, the concern uh, with folks that are having trouble focusing on nearby objects as we get older? Exactly. Um, actually, lifespan is, is, is extending um, as time goes by, which is, of course, something we're happy sure. about. And, and we also need to, to see you know, to closer distances uh, more than we used to in the past. We have to check our phones. We have to check our watches. We need to work at computers. Um, and so uh, our lifestyle demands uh, for good vision uh, for closer distances as well as far distances. And and it's only natural that such a big problem, such a big need um, would justify development of new technologies rather than what we have today. So, Yariv, then, as I understand it, can the glasses be ordered with the uh, prescription, for example, if you need a prescription for distance, and then also for the close-up, for the reading issues, and that's when you'd swipe uh, on the glasses to convert to reading glasses? Is that how that would work? So the first product is indeed uh, dynamic, but it only corrects for reading for the closer distances. So if you don't need distance uh, correction, if you don't wear glasses for driving or for walking outside, 
but you do need sunglasses and you do need reading glasses, they would be perfect for you. Uh, the next product um, on our roadmap, that will be next year, uh, will also have correction for the far distance. So you'll have far vision correction constantly, and then when you swipe, it'll switch to closer or even intermediate distances, depending on how you define it. Uh, I didn't mention, but there is an app uh, that you can use to, um, when you onboard the glasses, when you get the glasses for the first time, you download an app, uh, and then you're able to calibrate it to your prescription, to your interpupillary distance. Each of us has a different distance between their eyes, and you're able to very easily be guided by the application to customize and personalize these glasses uh, to yourself. And, of course, you can pass them on to a different person, and they can use it with a different prescription. That's the oh. nice thing about it. Wow. Oh, that's excellent. So there's an app that actually does something very useful. Uh, of course, <laughs> the Into Tomorrow app does yeah. as well, but yours, in this case, uh, helps us read better. And you answered my next question about, you know, what's ahead and Into Tomorrow for you. You are already working on another product. Are you working on one, perhaps, that are not sunglasses that would be used just day to day in the office or house or what have you? Yeah, that's a great question, and yes, that's definitely our next challenge. So the first, uh, the first product, like I mentioned, is sunglasses, and it's also manual in the sense that you are swiping like the side of the glasses to switch between the different powers, different prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then our next, uh, next uh, product is uh, clear lens glasses that you can use indoors, you can use in everyday use. Um, and what's also nice about it is that it'll be completely automatic in the sense that it will constantly um, detect the distance that you're looking at and correct the vision to that specific distance without having to swipe or without having to touch nice. uh, or click any buttons. Nice. And that will be constantly done. So that's that's our main uh, challenge for the next uh, next development effort. So is your, uh, I think that's awesome and looking forward to those things. And that what's great about deep optics is that you're always doing some research and obviously development. So keep that good work up. What, what is your general consumer? Is it in fact skewing to older folks as we get older or can anyone use these? So for the first product, you're focusing on presbyopia. It's, it's a scary word describing the condition I mentioned before, which right. is us, us folks being unable to read or needing some aid to reading. That, that gets worse as we get older. Uh, so the age range is between 45 onwards, and that would be the, the, uh, the people that we, um, <clears throat> we are looking at when we develop these products. So... Uh, the sunglasses 32 North, uh, either with a far vision prescription or without. And then the autofocals that will follow, all of these are targeting people that need far and close correction, which are typically people over 45. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have other applications that we're working on as well, um, integration with augmented reality and virtual reality that require uh, tunable lenses, and even some applications that not only correct vision, but also cure um, vision disease. So definitely with with tunable lenses, with adaptive optics, uh, we see the first product 32 North being just a tip of the iceberg of what's what's, um, in the future for this kind of tech. 
Terrific. Man, I, I expect Deep Optics to continue your incredible research and do some Thank very, you. very cool things for a lot of us. And when you start getting into being able to help those that are vision impaired at various degrees, uh, it can yes. only be very hopeful and helpful uh, into tomorrow for being able to help so many other people. So kudos to you guys. Keep up the great work. <laughs> Amen. Yes, by all means. Founder and CEO of Deep Optics is Yariv Haddad. Thank you so much, Yariv. 32northglasses.com. The number 32, northglasses.com. We'll get you there, of course, when you visit our site at intotomorrow.com. Yariv, we'll look forward to getting you back on as soon as you have more new product to announce. Uh, let's be sure and stay in touch because uh, you keep doing cool things. We'll keep talking about it. Happy to be back. Thank you very much, Dave. Our pleasure. 32northglasses.com. And of course, visit us at intotomorrow.com and we'll get you to Yariv's site and all of our guests from Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. Stay tuned. There's much more to come as we bring you further Into Tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Let's start this Into Tomorrow segment with another fun tech fact for you. There are approximately three and a half billion Google searches every day. And 7.2% of this traffic comes from people searching the term Google. <laughs> I've never so done that. Google, Google. I've never Googled Google. <laughs> you should Google Google and then you go bing, bing. <laughs> and then you go Yahoo. Yeah, yeah, you could always try that. Anyway, I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by HughesNet. Enjoy more of everything the Internet has to offer. Text RADIO to 35000 for more info. Again, text the word RADIO to 35000. Jump aboard the time machine. You've got mail. Time to head into yesterday with This Week in Tech History. History, history, history. Here's Chris. Here's Chris with History. This week in 1876, Dave Graveline was born. Oh, no, you no, no, better not that one. Yeah. You better not. Sorry. 1876. I, I just know. Yeah. I'd have been long dead by now. Okay, well, you weren't quite born that far back, but happy birthday anyway. Oh, thanks. Um, I was born far back, though. Yes. Uh, uh, but this week in 1876, Alexander Graham Bell <laughs> rang up a patent for his invention, the telephone. I, I wasn't around when it first started. Yeah celebrating my first birthday, but uh-huh. thanks. Uh, it was an invention, incidentally, that almost bankrupted his company in the beginning. Oh. Just a few days after that, Bell sent the first clear telephone message into a nearby room to his assistant, Mr. Watson. Oh, man, I am so excited. I may vomit. No, that's not what he said. Oh, I thought that's what no. he said. What he said was, oh. Mr. Watson, come here. I want you. Where's my burrito? <laughs> he didn't say that either. Oh. Uh, but those were the first words spoken into the invention that Bell had created. In 1891, this week, Almond Stroger patented the Stroger Switch. 
If you're wondering what a Stroger switch is, it's a device that led to the automation of telephone circuit switching and eliminating the need for telephone operators. So this this week in tech history is very telephonic. Yes. And now the story goes that the invention came about because Stroger, who was an undertaker by trade, believed that phone calls were being routed to his competitor, who just happened to be married to one of the operators. Oh, my. Stroger sold his patents for $1,800 to his associates, who then turned around and subsequently sold them to Bell Systems in 1916 for $2.5 million. Stimpy! I'm so happy! Wow. Yeah, that's what they were saying. Yeah. He, he wasn't saying that. <laughs> no. In 1961 this week, in the midst of the space race, the Soviet Union successfully launched Sputnik 9, carrying a dog and a human dummy named Ivan Ivanovich, along with some mice and a guinea pig. The spacecraft was only intended to complete a single orbit, so it was deorbited shortly after launch and re-entered on its first pass over the Soviet Union. The launch demonstrated that the Soviet Union was ready to begin human spaceflight. Excuse me? Yeah, Soviet Union. Ah. And this week in 1979, Philips demonstrated the compact disc publicly for the first time. At the time of the technology's introduction to the market in 1982, a CD could store much more than a personal computer hard disk drive, which would typically hold only about 10 megabytes. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer tech and home appliances. Get more info at ifa-berlin.com. And while you're online, check out intotomorrow.com and Chris's video of This Week in Tech History. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. 800-901-5093. You're tuned in to tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, March 4th, 2022. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of the show is brought to you in part by StreamGuys, streaming media solutions for the smartest businesses on the Internet. Visit StreamGuys.com. You know, it may be my birthday this weekend, but we're giving you the presents. When you participate on the program, no promises, no guarantees. But when you call in, mention one or two of the following items. And we promise to do our best to get one of those to you. So what are the presents that we have for our team of awesome listeners this week? Well, we've talked about the box of uh, products that Jabra sent. Well, this week we were, we've got an Elite 85T True Wireless Earbuds. Oh, my gosh. They are the best. They're the ones I use, and I love them. Oh, for sure. From Benji Lock, more of his very cool fingerprint padlocks where your key is your finger. From Infinicore, we've got Wally Grip detachable wallet grip and stands for your smartphone. Those are very handy. Yeah. From TurboTax, online codes, good for any of their products to help you file your income tax fast and easily. So if you haven't done it yet, you might want to ask for a TurboTax code. And we've still got a Bob from Dantech. This is the ultra-compact dishwasher. Yeah. Oh, Bob is so cool. And if you haven't seen our video uh, with the interview with Dantech from CES, do check that out. Just search for D-A-A-N, Dantech. And you'll check that out at intotomorrow.com.